Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. Three limited companies, whose question was that? So, your question was... You got... I've, got, I've currently got a limited company. Yep. Um, I'm in the middle of pivoting and splitting out, in effect, three different revenue streams that are in very different so areas. What, property. So, this, this first company does what? Um, we're uh, web development and consultancy for, for the web. Okay, yep. Second company is going to be uh, business coaching and mentoring. And third is going to be uh, property rental. Yep. And your question is? Uh, currently, web companies pay for all the trainings and things like that that I'm going through. Um, for, for this stuff? Yep. Because, uh, okay, can, can our friend over here claim from the web company costs for his coaching and property business? No. Why not? Not related. Not related. That's why I'm wanting to split it out. Yeah. And which test does it not meet? Yes, Shalina. Wholly and exclusively, you might have a problem. Yeah, okay. that's why I'm splitting them out. Perfect, yeah, so you just need to move yeah, them there. So I, in effect, transfer the cost from, say, the web one to the property one, property-based stuff. It's not a loan from one to the other, is it? No, no. So going forward, have the invoices made in these companies if you've already formed the companies. It just keeps it simple, rather than doing a cross-charge. If you move money from here to here, by the way, then it's going to be a loan, yeah? So in, in which case, what you might be better off doing, and this has tax consequences with the new tax changes coming in uh, next year, is you have a holding company, and then you've got one, two, three. Yeah, my accountant said don't do that because that's going to become a problem in about 10 years' time when they decide it was a bad idea and I end up like Jimmy Carr. But my accountant is the kind that I need to change from because she decided that I was going to be sent to jail for something like a penny accounting error, so. Anne, do you have a view on that? Change accountants is fine. I literally was Yeah, no, I... I, oh, I mean, I, I can't think of anyone who would actually imagine a penny. No, or a I tiny personally agree, but <laughs> this is what my accountant tells me which is why I'm changing. <laughs> yeah. So, the challenge you've got with the holding company structure without going into too, too much detail from a tax point of view is many years ago when Gordon Brown was Chancellor, uh, I don't know why I'm pointing at you, Anne, by the way, but I am. Uh, <laughs> you look nothing like Gordon Brown. <laughs> same level of astuteness, by the way. Uh, so... Uh, I wouldn't sell gold you, the way he did. <laughs> he was just following instructions. Oh, that's uh, so, true. so back in those days, what you had, you had something called marginal relief. So you you worked out what your tax was, and based on how much profit you make, you would you'd pay a different rate of tax, which is exactly what Rishi's done in a roundabout way. So if you have one company that's making less than fifty thousand pound profit, you're going to pay nineteen percent tax after next March. If you've got two companies in a holding company structure and your profit's over £50,000, you'll have to pay more tax collectively 
because your profits over a certain threshold. So the challenge for you will be having a holding company, you may have to pay more tax. But there's lots of benefits for having a holding company structure, which hopefully will outweigh the extra tax you may have to pay. Okay, and if you think you're not going to make 50,000 pound profit, okay, between the three companies over the next two or three years, then it's probably worth doing this anyhow. If you think you are gonna make, like let's say 50 grand each, then you work out the numbers and think, is it worth paying the extra tax to have this structure? And I can't answer that question for you without knowing the numbers. Okay, happy with that or will that make a decision? Any question on that? Yes, sir. Are you trying to take me on a different path, are you? Yeah, different question. If you, if you have time to write it down and stuff, you're trying to uh, start selling in Europe, and uh, I'm not sure how bus regulations work in Europe now. If you have time to... Complicated. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if we get time to do it, we will have a look at it. Yeah. So, you're, you're happy, yep. Done. SPV to trading company, whose question was that? That was your question. So your question was, you've got money in a company and then you want to pass money over to another company. Yes. Yeah. So, the, so like the, this. Tra the trading company is, it has got operating costs, which is, which is building up. Yeah. And then I have an SPV, which just owns, for example, our property, then flips it and yep. makes a profit. Yes. I need to fund the trading company. Yes. So I'm wondering how, can I, can it be like a management fee or something to get the money from the SPV to the trading company? What's the best way to fund the trading company? You can loan it, number one. Right. Number two, you can charge a management fee. Uh, but bear in mind that you might get to a stage where with the other income in this business, you might go above the VAT threshold. Yep. And the property company, if it's a buy to let, can't reclaim VAT you end up paying an extra 20%, which you're gonna lose out on, okay? Or you can have this structure here, where company two here moves money up into the holding company at the tax-free dividend and moves it down here, okay? And the funds end up here, and this is nice and clean. The challenge you've got is if this is an SPV which holds property, that's an investment business. This is a trading business, and you don't wanna mix the two. So I think in your situation, depending on what you're looking to do, I would maybe start off by loaning money from company two to company one. Or have maybe a small management fee in view of the VAT uh, threshold and the rest loan. Thank you. Which is kind of a blanket answer without knowing your Thank you. specific information. Any questions on that from anybody else, by the way? <coughs> no? Okay. Is Ten year old son. Yes. Funds back from the holding company down to the trading company. Yes. How would you do that? Because that, surely that would be a management fee as well. No, you just, uh, just transfer the funds. Just transfer it down? Yeah. Because okay. the holding company is a shareholder of those three companies. So it's shareholder funding. That's right, yeah. yeah. And then you can just repay it back at some point in the future. Yeah. Ten-year-old okay. son. Whose question was that? So you have a 10-year-old son, and you're thinking of adding him to your company. Yeah, and also how do I add my wife? Okay, do we have a mic, uh, Ramsan or Kiran? So at the moment, you have a company, and you're a 100% shareholder? At the moment, yes, but I'm restructuring it. 
Okay. And does the company own any assets? Three properties at the moment, uh, which just completed two months ago. Three properties? Uh, and how long have you had them for? Three months ago, I completed them. All on all three? Yeah. Okay. The challenge is you can add your wife and there's no capital gains tax liability for you, but there's something called the settlements legislation, which you have to be careful of, which basically uh, came in around about 2008, which stops a husband or a wife transferring their shares to the other partner or spouse to gain a tax advantage. But because you, this is quite recent, I think you'll be okay anyway. So you can give, say, 50% of the shares to your wife. Do you have a mortgage on, on these properties? Two of them, yes. Okay, so you're going to have to speak to your lender to make sure they're okay with you changing the ownership. I don't think they're gonna be okay, but that's a conversation you need to have. If you add your son, you can add him on, but you can give him a very small shareholding percentage. Otherwise, they'll be interested in, if he goes over 20%, they're gonna ask you a lot of questions. Uh, so I'd give him maybe 5%, but you can give him, I think you pointed towards this, you give him alphabet shares. So in this particular case, just give him class A shares uh, and you can give him one class A share or 100 class A shares and give him no voting rights, okay? So then he doesn't control the company in any shape, way, form, act or manner uh, and you can give him some income at some point in the future. You can also, and this is going to get really complicated now, and so now who asked the question about IHT? That was used, okay. And I think it was used yours, David. Okay, so we had two people who wanted to know about IHT and trusts. So if you do this, what you can do is you can freeze the value of the existing shares as the value it is today, and then assign all the future growth to the new shares, which is called, so, so this, this would be called freeze the shares, and these would be called growth shares. So all the future uh, value goes to the growth shares, and then at some point in the future, your IHT is reduced because the capital value is passed over to your son. Now that's gonna cause you issues with trying to borrow money from the bank, but you can't have everything in life, so you need to kind of balance that out. Yeah. What my accountant suggested is to give my wife 15, 20%, so yeah. she's not, doesn't have to sign all the documents, I'm gonna be, and, and it, he said it wouldn't really affect anything if she's got alphabetical shares and we can do yeah. this. What is the difference giving her 50% and 15, 20%? Yes, so if you own more than 25%, you have certain rights over a company. I think even if your wife has 20%, uh, a bank will still be interested in her financial standing and situation. So they still ask you questions, but when you fill out the application, they want her personal details, her income, her expenditure, all that kind of stuff. So I think even if she owns 15%, some lenders will still ask questions. But she has less power and less rights. Okay. That's the difference. Yeah? Anything else on that? No. But in terms of dividends, she can draw in, uh, even more dividends if she needs to, if she's got alphabetical shares. If, she, if she's got the same shares as you, and you own 50% each, then if you take a 10,000 pound dividend, she must take a 10,000 pound dividend. Okay, same class. Different class of shares, like your son's got A class and your wife's got B class. As long as she owns 100% of the B class shares, 
she can take a different dividend, it's fine. Because then you're assigning a dividend to a class of share, and if only one person owns that class, then only they get the dividend. Right. Okay? okay. Is there an age There isn't per se, but if you have a child, then you would hold those shares for them on trust. But it doesn't matter what age they are. No, no, but under 18, then you hold them on trust for them, so it'd be shown as you're their guardian and you're holding the shares for them. Yeah, but it does create complications with the bank and that type of stuff, okay? And they can't be a director until, uh, yeah, that's right, you got it. Happy with that? Okay. That's that done. SPV, okay. Coaching property. Was that your question? That uh, no, someone else asked very similar. Who's that? Oh, David, we're back to you again. Hello. Hi. Hi. Yeah, so this is You've been very quiet, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd like to keep it low profile. Um, yeah, so. Oh, hello. <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, yeah, so this is about how best to structure a business if you're going to do some coaching and uh, do that as a just as a coach, and then also you're gonna invest in companies. So if you're investing in businesses with a mixture of loan notes and equity, you get for your investment, um, then that would be another kind of revenue stream. And then you're also investing in property. Okay, so if you're investing, are those funds in your personal bank account or are they in your business bank account? In, in the business bank account. And is that a sole trader, partnership, LLP, or a limited company? So, so, it's, a, so it's, a, it's a limited company, but there's also the option to invest as a in private individual as well. Okay. Because, and have you made a capital gain recently, uh, in the last couple of years, by selling off a business? <coughs> yes. Okay. So without going into too much detail, you want to look at the enterprise investment scheme? in terms of making investments, are you aware of this? Yes. Okay, good. Above and beyond this, I would also look at something called investor's relief. Are you aware of this? Uh, yes, it's a million pounds, isn't it, is that right? No, you're okay. talking about entrepreneur's relief, which okay. used to be 10 million pounds, now it's a million pounds and it's called business asset disposal relief. This is something different. So okay, this- so No, I'm not aware of that. This no. very simply, David, okay, enables you to invest in a company on day one, not later on, so when the company is formed, okay, and if you invest in day one and you keep your funds in there for three years, when the company buys you out or whoever buys you out, okay, you only pay 10% tax on the first 10 million pounds. So it's like invest uh, entrepreneur's relief in a different guise uh, and the rules are uh, not as strict and the lifetime limit is still 10 million and not a million. But that's only if you invest as an individual, not through a company. Okay. Okay, so I would do that for your investment. Is that per company or per individual? Per individual. Per individual. So, it's accumulative over your lifetime. So you can earn 10 million pounds by claiming investors relief, okay, through your lifetime. So when you get to 10 million, then you stop, then you just pay normal rates of capital gains tax. So if you invest... Oh. We'll come over here, then I'll come to you, David. What, what if you're investing into an existing established business? No, you have to subscribe on the shares on day one. Right, but there's no other relief if you invest in no, a business? No, no. Right. Okay. Other than, obviously, if, if it's an EIS 
qualifying company and you've, you've made a capital gain, you leave your money there for five years, then you don't pay the capital gain, uh, depending on how much of that you invest in the company, and there's no income tax to pay on any uh, income you get. And when you sell those shares after five years, there's no further capital gains tax to pay. But that's only if you have, if you have an existing capital gains tax bill. David. So, so day, day one, so if you create a new company when you invest in it because new investors are coming in, then that counts as day one. Right? That's right, yeah, yeah. So when the company's formed. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I would go with this particular structure here for your... Uh, coaching business. For the property, are you talking investment buy to let or are you talking about trading? Investment buy to let, yeah. Yeah. In which case, have this as a standalone. Have your coaching company as a standalone. You don't need this particular structure, okay? And then invest in shares if you can through your own name so you can claim investor's relief unless you've obviously you're investing in an EIS company because you're looking to mitigate a capital gains tax bill. Yeah, okay. And if, you, if, if, the, if, it's, if you're gonna invest in a company like I described and part of it is in equity, but part of it is in loan notes. Yeah. So you, obviously you pay a higher rate of tax on interest. Yeah. than you do on the capital gain on the equity. Yeah. So are you better off splitting the money that goes into the company so the loan notes goes via company? That's right. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, okay. you got it. Happy with that? Yeah, thank you. Any question on that? No? Okay. So that's that done. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.